Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. Uh, it's a little different episode. Uh, for one, well, let me get into the particulars. First of all, you can follow me at A1TheLP on Twitter. Uh, same thing for Facebook. If you want to check out any of the previous episodes of the show, you can check it out at SoundCloud.com backslash a1 the lp and like i said tonight's show is a little bit different because i normally have a white guy with me doing the show but he is you know he's on his nine to five he's doing his thing he's got to work a little bit late tonight so i got the homie reese nichols in the building tonight he's holding it down he's hosting the podcast tonight reese what's going on man what's going on man happy to be here cool cool tell the people if they want to uh you know if they want to follow you on twitter and facebook things where, where can they find you all right, man, y'all can find me at Reese Nichols on Twitter. That's Reese Nichols with a Z, like the coin Nichols with a Z at the end instead of an S. Same name on Instagram, Reese Nichols. You can find me on Facebook at Reese Nichols. Everything's at Reese Nichols. So just holler at me, y'all. And also, you know, because we are all about, you know, being equal opportunity and giving small business owners the opportunity to share, you know, a little bit of what they do. He's also the head of a Christian rap label called Amped Records. So um, tell the people, you know, if they want to check out some of your music and some of your artist music, where can they find that at? Hey, man, to find out where we what we got going on, y'all can go to ampedrecords.net. That's A-M-P-E-D, records.net. And check us out. We got some new stuff on the rise on one of the youngest, Majesty. He's dropping a new mixtape, Why Stop Now, June 4th. It'll be a free download on our website. So, yeah, check us out, man. We got a lot of stuff going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, shouts out to the new signee. You know, they call me B. Harris. Shouts out to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Jamie, Isaiah. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to the whole roster. I didn't I didn't miss nobody, did I? No, that's everybody. I, I, you know? I, that's everybody. Want to make sure I get everybody in there, you know? Um, so, cool. So, we got a good show for you tonight. You know, we're going to talk, you know, get into, uh, I refuse to call it Deflategate. I like to call it Balgazi. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the Patriots and deflated footballs and cheating and the punishment. And, of course, you know, we're going to get into the NBA. we got the NBA Finals matchup set up. And we're going to talk a little bit about my favorite team, the Bulls. And then we'll get into LeBron and, and Steph and the Warriors and the Cavaliers. So, uh, let's get into it. So, um, so first first up on the, on the plate, and I, I have this up first for a purpose because I want to get this out of the way, um, is the NFL and Tom Brady and Deflategate or Balgazi. Um, and if you wonder why I call it Balgazi, it's because Balgazi is it's this whole story is ridiculous, and so I don't want to give it things that have gate on it are serious. Watergate, uh, you know, the whole thing with Bill Clinton and his thing. So I don't want to call it the flake gate. We call him the Balgazi over here. So so anyway, um, you know, the NFL brought down the penalties, uh, which were crazy. You know, <laughs> a first round draft pick, four games for Brady. Wow. Um, a million dollar fine. Um, what when you heard the penalties that came down? What were your thoughts? When I heard them, I was like. That can't stand. Like an appeal has to happen. Like I'm like the NFL could have did more investigation. This, this could have been squashed in a week, and yet they like just drug it on and drug it on. And I'm like, everybody want to see this harsh punishment because it's Tom Brady. Right. You know, everybody looking at him like the golden boy. Right. Right. So you know, I guess since they think he the golden boy, they like yes, four games. People love to hate Tom Brady for some reason. Like they don't like him. I mean, you know, people think he's good looking. He's got a model wife. He's rich. You know, four Super Bowls. Well, I guess that's enough to hate on. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but I want to hit on something that you brought up. You know, that this could have been over in a week. Right. And and if you listen to the show, you know, you know, hi Roger. You know, me and you, we have a we have a 
a hate hate relationship. I can't even call it love hate. Um, I I'm not a big fan of yours. If I ever see you on the streets in New York, I tell you to your face, I'm not a big fan of yours. I want somebody else to do your job because I feel like they can do it better. Absolutely. But here's a, this was this should not have been a big deal. Um, this was a misdemeanor that was treated as a felony. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you you've had people. I mean. Other quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Rodgers came out and said he likes his football to be overinflated just to see if the referees can can will catch it. Um, you've had other teams who the Vikings, uh, the Chargers, who've tampered with footballs during games on camera, right. and all they got was I think the Vikings got a warning, the Chargers got a twenty five thousand dollar fine, which is the minimum punishment that you can get in in tampering with the footballs. Um, it, it's not that big a deal if you read the Wells report now. More likely than not, and he probably had, you know, that Brady had information or was involved in the deflating of footballs is not, like, 50.1%. Like, that's not a conviction. Right, you know? like, when, when I heard that, they like, more than, when I seen him get the punishment, and I'm like, when did, when did more than likely become guilty? Right. Like, right. It, it's no proof that just because you've seen a couple people making some statements, you never seen a text message directly from Brady saying deflate the balls. Like, it was no concrete evidence to warrant the punishment that he got. It's like, I don't like Roger Cadell. It's like he's forever trying to make an example or be on a power trip to show that I am the commissioner. And that, and you're exactly right. Like, when you look at how he, how he mishandled the Ray Rice situation, this this really was his attempt to to overpunish to try to gain some credibility back with with fans. Right. Um, because if, and if you look at his history, if you look at Bounty Gate with the Saints, it was it wasn't really proven that they did anything wrong, but he overpunished in that. With Ray Rice, he underpunished and then when people, you know, the hypocritical fans got upset and got mad, then he overpunished. Right. If you look at this situation, he overpunished again. And I mean it's this is this is my big issue with the NFL. I let me let me be clear. I love the sport. I don't love the people who run the sport. Right. Um, and for me, again, as a paying fan, don't take, don't insult my intelligence. And I feel like Roger Goodell over and over and over again insults my intelligence and, and telling me that this is for the good of the game, but it's not for the good of the game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's, and that's how I feel. I'm like, and then, like, I guess with the appeal process coming, he wants to put himself over it. <laughs> and refuses to step down from being over when they requested. Like, he said, I want to look Tom Brady in the eye. For what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What does that solve? Like, man, get somebody else to arbitrate it. That way it can be a fair person hearing it, not somebody with a, a biased opinion already. You already found him guilty, so you hearing what he got to say most likely ain't going to change anything. I mean, exactly. it's not. Yeah. And, I mean... And most likely what's going to happen is he's going to hear it and just so he can have some fans on his side still a little bit, he'll probably drop it down to two games. If I were Brady, I wouldn't accept it. If I'm innocent, because here's what I think happened. I think that especially if you look at the way the text message was set up, the only time you really see Tom Brady talk or you hear them talk about Tom being upset is when the Jets game, the balls were overinflated by the referees. Right. And he was upset about it. So that's really the only time you really make a connection between Tom Brady talking about Football. I think that they. I think that the balls were underinflated to the lowest legal limit, right. which is twelve point five. And then, like you know, with the whole ideal gas law, I am not Bill, not the science guy, nor will I pretend to be him. But with the whole ideal gas law, 
that the that the that the football shrunk just because they were out in the cold, out in the elements. Right. That's what's gonna that's gonna happen automatically, no matter what. We always kids and had balls that we left outside, and when we finally went back to get them, they was a little bit flatter than when we originally <laughs> left them out there. I mean, it's it's nothing new. Right. And what what I what I don't agree with is, I think Robert Robert Kraft. I really think he should have came to the plate and appealed just like Tom Brady was appealing. I think for him to be like, I'm just going to want it to be over with. I'm not going to appeal. I'm going to accept the punishment. It's like he's siding with the commissioner instead of siding with his player. I'm like, if your player said he didn't have anything to do with it, yeah, okay, if the equipment guys did or whatever, you're taking accountability for that. But I'm like, if this is my star quarterback and my star quarterback saying, hey, man, I ain't had nothing to do with it, we're going to go through this whole appeal process together. You bring That brings me to the next point, and that's a great point. You know, if when Robert Kraft stood up and made that message and said, you know, for the betterment of the 32, and, and if you're listening to that and you go, that sounds really elitist. It is. It's elitist in 1%. Right. You know, this is a guy, what happened was he went to those owners' meetings. The other 31 owners said, look, bro, you got to chill. You got to drop. You have to drop this because the longer Robert Kraft kept fighting and kept coming out with these 20,000 uh, word manifestos saying that, you know, <laughs> that the, that the entire report was was garbage, and right. the longer that he kept saying that this was unfair, it gave it gives the players credit who say the same thing that this that that Roger Goodell punishes without true merit. Right. That he just hands out you know arbitrary sentences, and like you said, then when you go to appeal, the guy who gave you the the, the sentence is then the guy hearing your punishment. Right. Or he turns it over to some you know one of his lackeys who are going to side with him automatically. Right. So I agree with you wholeheartedly and one hundred percent. Like he should have kept fighting. Forget the other thirty. What are they gonna do? They're gonna kick you out? They're gonna they're gonna tell you you can't be the owner anymore. Right. Fight for your fans, fight for your team, stand up. You still gonna get paid, you're still gonna make billions of dollars. Right. Don't bow to the pressure of, of the other billionaires. Yeah, he just bowed out way too quickly. It was just like he went from fighting and this is total ludicrous um accusations against me like he went from that point of view like this is trash and garbage to you know what i'm not going to fight anymore i'm just ready for it to be a water under the bridge and move on i'm like no when you were right you fight it till it's to prove that you're right to me him him backing down off of is almost gonna make it harder for tom brady to fight because they're like your owner not even backing you y'all must be guilty well, I think I honestly think, and I know uh, Roger Goodell has has come out on record as, as saying that this did not happen. But I do think that Rod, that they brokered a deal that, like you talked about with the appeal, mm-hmm. that it'll be knocked down to at least two games. Right. At least back off probably. Right. I, I think I think it, that's one hundred percent what happened is that they they came to a conclu- a deal that says you back off, I give you guy two games, um, and that type of leadership, a uh, lack of leadership leads me to like kind of the best part of this story and the worst part of the story, which is the two equi- equipment guys, uh, Yastrzemski and McNally. Um, and to me, the worst part of this is that those two guys who, you know, it's not like they can just go to another team and apply for a job. It's not like there's, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, for, for better or worse, a fast food food market. So if they get right. fired from McDonald's, well, they can go to Wendy's and be assured that they can get another job. It's over for them. Over. I mean, <laughs> suspend it without pay. Suspend it without pay. These guys are lifelong residents, lifelong pat- Patriots fans, and now they're out of a job. Right. And I mean, it's just like from from the owner down to Brady, you guys threw these two gentlemen under the bus. Right, to take um, the fall. To take the fall. Yeah, and it's just like, what? Uh, now, personally, I hope underneath the table, 
that they that Mr. Kraft or Brady or some or someone within the Patriots organization is saying, look, we understand. We threw you guys under the bus. You know, here's a little. You know, yeah, pay, I'm, I'm gonna pay you to take the rap. Yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah, know? like you're you're the weed carrier. You're the weed carrier of the organization. I'm sorry to go hood, but you're the weed carrier of the organization. Right. If something go down, we can't let the connect go down. We got <laughs> we got let the little street corner guys go down. We yeah. can't. You got to take the hit. You take the fall. You keep. Jeezy said, "You get you get caught up. Don't mention my name. You know right. what I'm saying? Take the hit, and we'll see you on the other side. We got something for you. Um, but that brings me to the best part of the story was. So for me, when these type, especially something as ridiculous as as this story as Balgazi was, my favorite part of the story were the text messages between the two guys <laughs> when they were, they were when they were going off on Brady. I mean that to me, that's what I really wanted to know. What do these guys think about Belichick? Like if they're saying this about Brady, what are they saying about Gronkowski? Right. You know what I'm saying? That was my favorite part of this whole thing. Because one guy really, you could tell he he did not like Brady. He 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 said f Brady like for six weeks straight in these text <laughs> messages, bro. I mean that was like I said, me I look for the lighter side in something like this, especially something as ridiculous as the integrity of the game and football is when we we all know that the Colts. First of all, I mean, uh, LeGarrette Blunt ran for 147 yards, felt like three million, right. three touchdowns. Brady with the balls and properly inflated, it wouldn't have mattered. The Colts' defense was not geared up to stop the Patriots. Right, and that's what everybody keep looking at. Oh, they cheated their way to the Super Bowl that game. Their their stuff is tainted. No, no matter what the the the, the weight of the ball was, the Patriots was going to win that game. Like. Let let's be clear there. Like the Patriots, the Patriots was running the ball more than they did anything against them, and they dominated them. Right. Like it, the Indianapolis Colts was not geared to stop the Patriots that day. Like fans out there who think that the Patriots would have lost if the ball weighed differently, no, that game was over. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like with the equipment guys, man. I'm like, hey, I hope they get something under the table, man. Like because. You can't even go. Ain't no other NFL team gonna want you on their squad after this. So you can't like you can go just go get an equipment job anywhere. They probably can go get a, a the equipment job at Dick Sporting Goods or Academy. <laughs> so like, but that, that's a far cry from the Patriots right. in the NFL. Yeah, you know, you go from the Patriots locker room and now you in the back. You know, what I'm saying you in the back. You know, sorting shoes or something. Bro. Right. Get out of here. It's nah. messed up, man. Yeah, exactly. So we're in agreement though. Brady misses two games. That's what I think. I think I think Brady it'll get knocked down to two games, and and at the end of the year, even at the the Patriots, they might start zero and two. And they, I'm not a Patriots fan whatsoever, but they they win. So the Patriots may lose the first two games without Brady. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in a hunt to get to the Super Bowl again. It's just something that they do. They find a way to win. So at the end of the year, we won't even be saying anything else about this story. Of course, unless they win the Super Bowl again, then. They'll be like, this must be tainted. They must have did something else to get here. And at the end of the day, the Patriots just have a good core group of players. True. At the end of the day. True. True. Can't hate on that. Right. All right. So enough of that. I don't want to talk about that. Like I said, I just want to get that out the way. Uh, So now we're going to move to the NBA. And, um, you know, like I said, we haven't done the show since January. For those who wonder what happened, uh, because I think the last episode we were talking about, you know, we're going to talk about the top five point guards in the NBA. And it was going to be an NBA-heavy show while well, I was in school, and school got mad real, yo. So I had to take some time off to make sure I was focused on that. So we kind of pick up, uh, you know, for those of you who have been watching, 
NBA Finals are set. But before we get to talking about the NBA Finals and the Cavs and the Warriors, I'm a Bulls fan. Um, you know, I had high hopes for this team going into the, the, the series against the Cavs. They were finally healthy. Uh, they were looking good. And I yep. thought that this was the year that the Bulls would finally get LeBron. Like, to all those fans, shouts out to the homie Jesse Abbey, a Pistons fan, um, who grew up in the 90s and had to deal with Michael Jordan, always knocking their team out the playoffs. I, I feel your pain now. I understand how that feels when you play against that the best player in the game. And he constantly beats you. Constantly beating you. Um, so, you know, after game one, I was like, cool. I knew they would get a split. Game three, game four, and then, you know, after game four, I mean, I told the homies, it's over. I said, after game four, I said, that's it. That was their chance to win the series. Although I'm pretty happy that they won at least two games off LeBron. That's never happened before. Uh, so, I mean, but after game four, when he hit that buzzer beater, I said, that's it. I said, they had their shot. They're not going to win this series. I said, it's, they're going to lose the next two games, and that's exactly what happened. Man, I really think, though, man, I think it's all, man. I, I really think if he doesn't get hurt, that they beat that they beat Cleveland because he's the only person at this point that was a is a steady score that when they went through all though because they helped kept having them eight minutes nine minutes without any type of offense not scoring I think that's where a Paul Gasol where you can just throw it in the post and he almost always gets a good shot gets you that point to get you over that hump so I think if he was there we had a different story I mean at the end of the day they still lost you know. And I don't, I can't D Rose. It's like he, it's like the last game. Where was he? Like, did he not <laughs> want it? Like, he like he kept the like. I I think I think Butler is a great player, but I'm like with this game on the line and you're passing the ball and giving it up when you're supposed to be when you're a former MVP. Like, that's who we needed to see when Gasol got hurt. D Rose needs to say, you know what, it's on me. And he didn't take to me, he didn't take that kind of leadership that had that fire and that killer instinct. I think he need to cut his hair. Like, <laughs> he he I need the D Rose with the fade and the low cut, because he's a different he's a, he attacks the this, this dude with the haircut is the one growing his hair out. It's the one that, that's coming off injury. Like, I need the old D Rose back. Hey, cut man, your hair, D Rose. Hold up. Death to that J. Cole cut, man. <laughs> like everybody, J. Cole came out, was killing it, you know what I'm saying, with the album. All of a sudden everybody started popping up with the nappy look. Hey, please, please let J. Cole rock that. The rest of y'all, man, go see your barber today. Right now. Let that go. But but nah, but you know, so you talk about the 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 eight minute droughts and that leads leads us into today's news. I mean, this just broke about a couple of hours ago. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, coach of the Chicago Bulls, was fired, um, and they kind of you know in a press release that the that the owner of the Bulls uh, re- uh, came out with it was kind of like it was like to paraphrase it was don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you is basically what he said on his way out the door. We thank you for your time, but you are a divisive person, and we we, we want you out of here. Um, and that has been my issue with Tom Thibodeau for five years, is his offense, he's an incredible defensive coach, incredible defensive coach. Right. But his offenses leave a lot to be desired. Um, yes. He's basically been running the same offense for four, since Derrick Rose's MVP year, which is, okay, come down. 
run run your shooter off screens, which it was Kyle Corver, then it was Rip Hamilton, mm-hmm. then it was um uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Run them off screens. If that don't work, set a pick for Derek. Let Derek try to create something. Right. And again, in the playoffs, you gotta have a little bit more diversity. And his offenses never had that. Coming out of timeouts, when you have a set play, you know that 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 the defense doesn't know what's coming. And right. you're and you're and and they they suck. I mean, for lack of a better term, they were terrible. Um. And so I personally. Going into the series, I knew he was going to be fired. Even if they would have won a championship, he was, he was gone. gone. He was gone. He was gone. But I, I, at the end of that series, I was like, "Yeah, it's time. Right, it's time for a change, man." Um, and you know, I wonder. I thought last year would be the year that the team finally checked out on him because he's kind of like, and this is funny because I'm a fan of this team too. He's like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he's a hard personality that's always driving his players for more, more, more. And I was wondering at what point. Will his team start to tune them out? And you saw it this year when their defensive uh, stats slipped. Like they right. were a top five defense for his entire year until this, his entire uh, term with the team until this year. And yeah. you know, I mean, I think I, I I think it was time. I mean, I I like him as a coach, but I feel like just like I mean, any any good leader, you have to be able to know where you're weak at. I'm like, okay, Tom, you understand you need to understand you're a defensive coach. Get you some offensive minded assistant coaches. Oh my god. And in that timeout where you need an offensive play draw up, step back and tell your assistant coach, draw up something. I mean, recognize where your weakness is. Like, cause that's just all running, 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 trying to get open, get your shooters open. When you come against an athletic team that that can run with these shooters and get past picks, stuff like that, it, it when you get a good defensive team, it shuts all of that out. Yeah, and yeah. I and I believe that's what happened. Like they, the the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, when they they are a very good defensive team when they want to be, like they have their laps and stuff like that. But when they want to lock down on defense, they have all the capability to do it. And I feel like that's what they did. They were like, you know what, we gonna we gonna force y'all to try to score on us in one on one in the half court offense, and it just was not working. Yeah, and and I, that's why I think it's time. It was time for time to go. I think Tom's a good coach. He'll probably be signed on another team real quick. Like I don't think he's going unless he doesn't want to. But besides that, I think he'll find another team and be and probably take that team somewhere. But I think the Bulls got a good core of players, so I think if they get another coach in there, I mean, Fred Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg, please from yeah, Iowa State. That, that's what you you you, you want a college coach in there. I I really like the offense that he runs at Iowa State. Um, I thought I mean he was rumored to be the coach last year when they were thinking about. The rumors were floating around that Thibodeau was going to be fired last year. He was mm-hmm. kind of the hot name. Um, he played for the Bulls, so he's got connections there. Um, he, I think I just heard, uh, I just read an article uh, right before we started the show about he told the recruit, I can't promise I'm going to be here uh, uh, much longer. So he's destined for the NBA at some point. He right. said, even though Iowa State is his alma mater, he said that he wanted, uh, he, his dream is to coach in the NBA. And, and I, I mean, think he'll, he'll be the type of coach that they need coming off someone who rolled the players so hard. Right. I mean, in the Bulls, the Bulls has to be a, an attractive job for any coach right now because they're, they're, they're really built to win. I mean, you got, you got a couple contract issues. You got to find out what you're going to do and how much, how much y'all w- really want to pay Jimmy, you know. But I feel like they, they have the core group of people there and, and a nice bench that a good coach can come in and they can be right back in this position fighting for a championship next year. Yes, sir. And speaking of that, speaking of that, 
So I'm going to to be the uh, be the sports Ayanla Van Zant. I'm going to fix the Chicago Bulls. If you don't know who that is, she's this pseudo psychologist who walks who fixes people, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes. Who fixes people, but not really. Right. So um, here's if I were running the Bulls organization, here's my plan to fix this team to make them to a title contender, a true title contender next year. First of all, you talked about contracts. I'm on the phone with Jimmy Butler's agent right now because he's a restricted he's a restricted free agent. So what that means is is that when free agency starts, they have one week to come to a, to terms on the deal. If they do not come to terms, then the rest the other 29 teams can offer him a a, a deal um up to 4 years and then the the Bulls would then have a week to match whatever contract he chooses to go with. Okay. I'm telling him you ain't got to worry about that. First right. day of free agency, I'm giving you max money. Max money. Max money. I'm giving you max money because here's the thing that the salary cap is going to take a huge jump in the next two years. Right. So where the kind of money that you will be paying him will look like a bargain in two years because they got the new TV contract coming in um, that's going to be worth, I think, $6 billion or something crazy like that. Um, the owners didn't want the salary cap to jump like that, but the players said, nah, nah, we're getting that money. We're getting that bread. So that's first things first. Second thing, second uh, part of business is I'm calling Phil Jackson and the Knicks because, I, I mean, there were rumors that when they found out they were getting the fourth pick overall in, the, in this year's draft that that, that that pick was open for business, mm. potentially. So I'm saying, look, and not, I don't now, before y'all get on the, the trade thing and, and figure out this could actually work, I tried it, you know, hey. So I'm calling them saying, I'm going to give you my number one this year. I'm going to give you my number one next year. And Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. let me get that fourth pick so I can draft one of the point guards, Emmanuel Moutier. He um, was supposed to go to SMU, had academic issues, ended up playing in China last year, or D'Angelo Russell, who played at Ohio State last year. Both point guards. Uh, I would prefer Russell over Moutier because Russell's the more dynamic passer, which is what the Bulls need. And then I go to Derrick Rose. Yeah, I was about to ask, what are we going to do? What about what we going to do with so, Rose? So we go to Derrick Rose and I say, Derrick, listen, you, you, you're my guy. This is your city. This can still be your team. But I need you to lead from the bench. Oh. I need you. I need you to mentor this young, this young boy we bringing in, Russell Lamoudier. And I need you to go to the bench. You're going to be our sixth man. You're going to be the first man off the bench. We can probably pair you and Russell together because Russell can both of these guys can play off ball if need be. Right. So we can have dual ball handlers. I need you to give me a strong 25 to 30 every night. Because here's the thing. Derek is not. You talked about what happened to Derek. Right. It's more than just the haircut. <laughs> like, dude has had two, what, three? Major injuries. Major knee major. issues. And he's not the same dude anymore. Like, it hurt my heart to remember what he was like in 2010 in that Celtics series that went seven games. They ended up losing that right. his rookie year. And then 2011 when he was the MVP. And to see him, the way he could get into the lane and explode on that push floater that he had that was unblockable. And to see him play the Milwaukee Bucks, and he's jumping barely higher than I am. And his shot is getting blocked over and over and because he doesn't have it anymore. From Now, he can show it to you in spurts because he did it in the Cleveland series. There right. was... In spurts, he can give, and that's what I'm saying. Like he can be that dude off the bench in the fourth quarter. That's if a it's hard a, pill to swallow. It man. is. Look, look. The dude said I was built for this ish. Like he said that. Like he believes he's still the man. But when you are, I mean, you you play you play sports. You right. play athletically. You play. You know, 
college and high school, and when you are when you're an athlete, you feel like you're indestructible. You feel like you're the man. I feel like I still got it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, like athletes are the last to know. Right. They're the last to know. Derek does not. He's not the same guy. I agree. He's he's not the same. But you giving up two a first round now now give or take these first round picks because the Bulls are so good. They'll probably end up being low round first round picks that you're not gonna find great talent in. So I I, I can see that. And I mean, and them two point guards you name are are miraculous players. They they can turn around a franchise and help you out right away. But Derrick Rose, I mean, I, if I look at the NBA right now, even where Derrick Rose is at, I think he's still a top five point guard in this league. His paycheck say he top five. Now, I'm gonna tell you that may he may may whether he's not his pay, and that's that's what I remind him. Like, look, hey, bro, Derrick Rose is scheduled to make twenty million dollars next year. And then the in the final year of his contract, twenty one million. Would you be willing to trade Derrick Rose? If you go to my Twitter bio right now, twitter.com backslash A one the L P, that's all letters A O N E T H E L P. You go look on my Twitter bio right now, it says, Have the Bulls traded Derrick Rose yet? On my bio. <laughs> and then there's a follow up question that says, Or have they made him the sixth man? Wow. Like I would trade if I could find a team that would take him. I would trade Derrick Rose because I know he's not that guy anymore. Like that guy died in 2012 with a minute and a half left against the 76ers. Like when that first knee injury happened, that was it. Like we are not going to see that guy anymore. R.I.P. Derrick Rose. A1 has officially shifted hey, you man. off. Hey man, hey man, I'm just saying. Like for but for it could work. It bro. Now I'm the Knicks t- would be crazy to do it. No, they wouldn't. You getting a first round pick this year. You getting a, a a player. Really, Taj Gibson is a six yeah. man, but Taj could be a starter for a lot of teams. For a lot of teams, I get that. You get and the, the Knicks need talent. The Knicks need a lot. They need <laughs> talent. So I'm giving you. I might even be willing to ship Tony Snell in a deal. If you if you if you say I need a little bit more than that, I'll give you or either a second round draft. I'll give you all my draft picks from twenty the twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen draft. But I mean, if that if that pick is open for business, I mean, it, if the Bulls really want to win, they're going to have to do that. You got to make a major move. Got to. And I, and I can and I can see doing it now just because, I mean, you don't have the necessary window to develop a bunch of talent. So you got to make a major move now while you're while that champion because championship windows don't stay open long. Man, and look, the Cavaliers who are really the they're going to be the team to beat. Until LeBron, probably for the next five or six years, but that team is still not. It's, it can be had. It right, it can. And so there's no reason for you to to bring back that same roster next year, which they want. Because like I said, Dunleavy's gone, Aaron Brooks is gone. Um, those two guys, their deals are up, and they're not going to be able to resign them. So I mean, there's no reason for you to to kind of just stand pat. You have got to make bold moves. Right, got to make bold moves. Got to get bold. So that's my plan to fix the Bulls. I don't know. Y'all can tell me what you think. Um, and so speaking of LeBron, um, a couple of nights ago, the Cavaliers clinched the East uh, by demolishing the Atlanta Hawks in game four, a four-game sweep. Um, and they made it to the finals, which to me, I look, hey, golf clap, I applaud you, LeBron. Um, you know, first of all, let me say, if you listen to the show, I think it's either the second episode I told you guys LeBron is still the same jerk that he was when he went to Miami and said, not five, not six, not seven. He has not changed. The one thing I applaud him on is he has learned how to play the media. 
and he you saw that when he went when that letter he penned and said i don't expect to win this year he said i understand i got a young team well he shipped he got rid of most of those young dudes and brought in some veterans like he got rid of andrew wiggins because he knew he could get he could get uh kevin love on the squad so the dude has not changed he just learned how to play the media which again i have no problem with that um but salute to him man and 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 doing what I didn't think was possible this year. Right. I did, I, I did not see – like, I knew Cleveland would get to the playoffs. But a lot of times when you when you bring in that much with a Kevin Love, a, a LeBron James, and a Kyrie Irving, that type of star power together, it just takes some time to gel. And I think they had their rough patches in the beginning with it. But I think they just they, – they, they gel pretty quickly. You know, LeBron kind of – since he can do so much – it's easy for him. Okay, if I'm not scoring this guy, this game, I can be that guy that that facilitates all the type of thing. Kevin Love, to a point, getting hurt probably helped them a little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, because then you know you don't have that's that's one less mouth you got to feed, and you can just be that guy not worrying about having to slow it down, throwing in the post so he can get his touches and be happy. And I mean, I I I, I want to hate LeBron like I do. <laughs> Like, I really, I really want to hate this guy, but I cannot hate his talent. Like, the guy is a talented guy. I mean, at, with his stature and his build, his build and, and his speed and all of that, he's just he's he, he's a beast, man. And now, I hope they, I hope Golden State kills him. <laughs> like I do, but I can't, I, I can't take anything away from his talent. I, I mean, they they earned that they they earned that to be here this year. He made the right moves, you know. You got you got got some veterans in there. I mean, I know the, I know uh, Shepard and um and and Smith is probably like clapping their hands. They probably text all their Knicks buddy like, ha ha, like, bro, glad, the, glad we the, out of there. From the pen, from the from the pole house to the penthouse, bro. right? Overnight, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I definitely. We're gonna talk about you know. We're gonna get into people who who refuse to give LeBron his props or who. Who go the Skip Bayless route? Who give him backhanded compliments, man? We gonna get there, but uh, one thing uh, uh, in this in this Atlanta series, a guy that was a uh, who played well, um, but who was definitely in the center of a bunch of controversy was Matthew Della Vadova, or Deli as the Cleveland fans like to call him. Um, and there was a question of is he a dirty player? Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you: Do you think he's a dirty player? I don't. I mean, I I I like. The, the rough, the physical, go all out type of thing. Like, I don't feel like he's a dirty player, you know. I think you need guys like him on your team. Like, I think I, I think you need some people like that on your team that's going to bring that edge. You always need an edgy person on your squad that's willing to take a hard foul just to, to get get the get the crowd going, willing to take a hard foul to get your head in the game. Like, I think you need people like that. So, I – I'm with it. I would like him on my squad. If I if, if I had a team and I, and I and I had to put somebody on there, bring him on. Let him he can he can roll with Reese. So no, I first of all I agree with you. He's not dirty. He's not a dirty player, but he is a reckless player. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm gonna being a, in now for basketball, like you know in other sports in football, there's a certain level of recklessness that's ingrained into the sport. First of all, because you're hitting. You're hitting human beings as hard as you physically can to gain an advantage. Whether that's coming off the line as a D lineman and firing off and trying to, you know, uh, slap at uh, at, a, at a lineman's hands or a right. shoulder pads. Or if you're a lineman, you know, they teach you that 
that punch technique. When it's you, a physical sport. Yeah, yeah, it's a physical sport. But in in foot and basketball, like being reckless is is worse than being a dirty player. So for us children of who grew up in the eighties and the nineties, a player that we are that we uh, associate with being a dirty player, I give you some names: John Stockton. Uh, you hear you hear players talk who played against him at the point guard position. They'll tell you that dude had all the little dirty tricks of the trade. They were subtle though. They were subtle. <laughs> you know, Bruce Bowen was a cat. You know, Bruce Bowen was a dude who would junk punch you. I mean, he would do all types of things to gain an advantage subtly. You know what I'm saying? You have these guys who were known as as being dirty players. But here's to me is the difference between Della Vadova and a guy like Stockton or a guy like uh, Bruce Bowen. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you go and look at that play, really look at the the Kyle Corver injury. He dove at Kyle Corver. Now his intention was not to hurt him. Right. His intention was to 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 gain a physical advantage. To gain an advantage that says, "We're if you're both going to, for this ball, either I'm going to get it, or if you get it, I'm going to knock you over so that you can't advance it." If you look at what happened with Al Horford, again it was okay. I'm going to be knocked out of this play, but I'm going to make sure that you can't gain an advantage and go up the court. So when you throw your body around like that, especially at players' knees, like yeah. as a guy who plays basketball, I know how to fall. If there is, if I'm falling awkwardly and I know that there are bodies around me, I'm going to make sure that I fall in such a manner um, that I don't crash into anybody that I may hurt them. Right. And so this guy is recklessly throwing his body around to gain an advantage, and he's putting other people in danger. And so... Look, I'm I'm a I'm a peaceful man by by <laughs> by nature, but I was hoping that that uh, Horford's elbow would have landed. Just let him know, like, hey, bro. Right. Because yeah, some people like that need to get hit sometimes. Look, if if <laughs> Delhi was a dude at the court, like Delhi would have caught them hands at a certain point. Right. We all know that. So, for example, you know, growing up playing playing you know in the streets and stuff like that, you know, some people kind of like Della Vadova who are hustle guys, and not just white guys. I know when I talk about hustle, greedy, gutty, you're thinking white guys, but, I, but not. No, I didn't know some some, some 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 hustle black guys just threw themselves all over the court. Yeah, but sometimes these guys don't, you know, they kind of bend the rules. So I remember playing at the court, man, this guy was, was he was one of those guys. He wasn't, an, he was more of a football player who was just playing basketball. Mm. He was throwing some vicious moving picks. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, you coming off a screen, I mean, he is slamming into people. And finally, when the dude said, hey, man, you set a pick like that on me again, I'm up. You up. <laughs> and guess what? For the rest of the game, every time he set a pick, he was still. He was still as a statue because he didn't want to catch those hands. Like, you cannot be that dude, especially in the NBA, when you're taking bread off of people's table. That's true. I I, I agree with that. And that's why I said in the get-go, like, I wouldn't want to play against a guy like him, but I would love to have him on my team. Hey, I would have took the suspension. I just would have. He would have, he would have had to take a two piece, and my team would just had to understand. I'm I'd rather sorry. him be diving at other people than diving at me. So join 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 my <laughs> squad. Like I don't want to play against anybody like that because reckless players. I mean, like you said, they endangering other yeah, people on yeah. the court. And at the end of the day, this is how we all you know. That's how they all make their money. Exactly. So you know, yeah, I don't I don't like anybody that's kind of endangering somebody that's gonna hurt on taking their knees out. You know, falling on the ankles and stuff like that. Because that's really the main reason people get hurt is coming down on on somebody else wrong stuff like that in the NBA. So, I mean, Harford probably you know he probably should have caught him with the elbow. Just, I mean, just, just to let yeah, him know, like yeah. you know, I mean, you can't keep doing this. And he, he said it after the game. You know, he he Horford said, you know, I shouldn't have lost my cool, but he said that guy has to learn. 
that you can't. I mean, he didn't. And the thing is, is like that that players who former NBA players like Reggie Miller and Chris Webber, they they wouldn't come out and call him dirty. They were saying he he hustles. This is what a guy who of his skill level and talent level has to do to stay in the league. But they were kind of using this code. Um, there were, I saw an article with Kyrie when he talked about when he first ran into Matthew Dellavedova, and in in quotes he said, "I heard." about what type of player he was. You heard Al Horford talk about, yeah, we heard about what type of player he is. This is code for, yeah, the dude is reckless. Like, his dude is out to hurt you to gain it. Well, not out to hurt you, but out to, you know, to throw his body around. And if you happen to get hurt, oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah, you know, so, so yeah. So, you know, I'm not a Delhi fan. Like, for real, I want, I want, I'm not a Draymond Green fan because I feel like Draymond Green is that dude that you play at the court that's always talking. Right. So, I'm not, I'm not gonna go there. I was about to mention the name. I'm a chill. It's a dude, but you know, it's a dude who's always yapping, who gets on your nerves, and so, and, and he's also kind of one of those dirty players that we talked about, like a Bill Lane Beer, who will do, who will do little dirty tricks that just get under your skin. I want him to set one good hard pick, one good hard pick on Delhi, and I'll be happy. But anyway, so let let, let me move on because I, I can spend the next twenty minutes talking about how much I don't like Matthew Dellavedova. Um. So we were talking earlier about you know you said that uh, LeBron that you you give LeBron his props you're not a you're not a huge fan but you respect his talent right and so for I don't know maybe the last you know I do know for the last six years because I get time hop and I had a tweet from six years ago that talked about where did all these LeBron James haters come from so for about the last six years this dude has been receiving nonstop criticism and when he does do something good, does something well, people still find stuff to nitpick him on, on him about. So when he clinched the title, the MJ stands came out the woodwork. They look like them zombies in the thriller, in the thriller scene, just coming out from <laughs> everywhere. Um, talking about he ain't MJ, six for six. Um, you know, he's he's two he's two for uh three right now in terms of, you know, his his finals appearances. If he loses, he'll be two for four. You know, this guy isn't great. And it's just like, listen, first of all, to the MJ stands, I'm an MJ fan. I'm not an MJ stand. Please, please let this man be great. Please stop. Let this man be great. What he did with this team this year was an accomplishment. You know, and people want to talk about, well, the East ain't this and the East ain't that. If he had lost to the Bulls, if he had lost to the Hawks, people would be talking about, see, See, this is y'all boy. This is supposed to be the proclaimed best player in the game, and he couldn't get over the hump. Well, he got out, he got through the the East without Kyrie again, really for the entire Hawks series, and without Kevin Love. Give the man his props, please. I mean, you 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 gotta. I would say give him his props. I, I understand because, I, like I said, I don't like him, so I understand why people hate on him, and I and like. I didn't hate on LeBron, and I think like with, I'm with like everybody else. I didn't hate on LeBron when he originally started with Cleveland. When he originally started there, you know, it was all right. He's a great player. He's he's doing his thing. You know, kind of was rooting for the guy. But when he made the move, I I want to say it's not that he went to Miami. It's the way that he went to Miami. The way he did it. The way he had to have this press conference, this big old ordeal, the way his attitude was going into Miami made a lot of people dislike him. 
Like, it, it it made a lot of people like, man, I can't stand this dude. So, you know, when you just normally can't. But, and, and what I have to say, that, that doesn't necessarily take away from his talent, though. And, and that's the thing. You don't have, I don't like what he did from one of the things, but I can't knock that he's a great player. Dude, well, you know, is he MJ? I mean, that that comparison, I think it's going to always happen. Like, people, are, he, this, when MJ first came out, it was the whole Dr. Dre, like, is he Julius Irving? Is he better? And then MJ went on to take it to another level. So now everyone is still looking for that next MJ, but so many people are still wrapped up. I think I think the comparison won't really won't go away until our generation get old and die. Like, oh and you know what? That's true because it's it's kids now who've never seen Jordan play. Right. Like they never seen a highlight of him. You know, they never seen the flu game. They never seen the double nickel game. They never seen you know the shot over Byron, Byron Russell in game one or in game six. Like they've they've never seen him jump from the free throw line. Right. So I mean, you know, and I think I I think you hit on something important when you talk about. People didn't like the way he went to Miami. And that's why I said I applaud him. Like, he he really hasn't – he's matured. You know, he's married, he's got kids and things of that nature. But in terms of his persona and how he thinks of himself, like, he's still that same dude. Right. He's just learned how to play the media game. So that's why when I say when he goes back and writes this letter saying, I'm coming home, but he never uses the word Cleveland. Right. I'm coming back to Northeast Ohio. I'm coming back to Akron. I know we're not going to win. He came out in in a press conference in the preseason. The Bulls are the best team in the in the in the East. Like I don't expect to beat them. Fake humility, man, and that that that, that make people not like him. Like he's playing the media, but <laughs> you know, and, and and it's hard when you got what most most likely if you're 25 and up, you believe Jordan is the best thing to ever happen to to the NBA, and. It's hard when people start knocking and saying somebody's better than him or challenging him. You know, and people made the argument with the Kobe thing like that, but people take the argument between Jordan and LeBron to a whole nother level. Like when they when that argument's now, it's crazy to think, and I'm and let me tell you, I'm a Jordan fan. Like I'm almost stand status. Like almost. Like I'm almost there. But to think that a fifty two year old Michael Jordan Oh my god can beat LeBron today, I think it's crazy. Could, could, it, is, it is ridiculous. Would it be a good game? Probably. I don't, even, no, I don't no. even know if it would. I mean, no. physically, Jordan cannot hang with LeBron right now. He just can't. I mean, now both of them in their prime, then we're probably looking at a real good game. Yes. You know, and I can't even say definitely who will win in that situation. I think Jordan's more fundamentally sound in, in, on offense, so you know, hard press. Jordan's gonna find a way to score, but then it's like being as good of a defender as Jordan was, physically he still can't match with LeBron to stop him. You know, so I mean that argument is crazy to me to think of. Was it a third of America? Yeah, thirty-four <laughs> percent of the people in this poll thought that thought that Michael Jordan could beat LeBron James one on one right now, and I'm just like, man. Look, the fact, I mean, he, I think he beat Michael Kidd Gilchrist in a one-on-one game about three years ago or something like that. Right. Um, so I get, I get why people may, and I doubt people had that in mind. I doubt most people knew that fact. But it's just, like, people have, I mean, Jordan had people brainwashed. I mean, fan, people like us who grew up watching 90s, 80s and 90s basketball, we, we feel like it's the great, and it was the golden era for the league. But, like, these guys today are stronger. They're bigger. 
they're faster. And like, you know, me and Jesse went back and forth on Facebook. Shouts out to the homie Jesse. And he's like, man, these cats couldn't play in the 90s. And I'm like, okay, maybe. But can these cats in the 90s play today? It's a more wide open game. It's a faster game. Like, I don't know if these guys could play in in today's game. Because for one, you're not going to get away with, you know, Robert Parrish, you know, punching Bill Lambeer in the face twice and not even a foul call. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mikel clothesline and perish, and no one gets tossed out of the game. Like you're not going to get away with that today. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think that people really, you know, look at it like that. Like I kind of look at it from the thing where I see Jordan is prime, but then I see Jordan when he's with the Wizards, and that when he was with the Wizards, I think was when the NBA was really starting to be in a transition mode of changing to the game it is today. When you had bigger, stronger, faster players. At, at his position coming in. And you seen you you seen that he wasn't able to do with the Wizards what he was able to do with 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 the Bulls. It just he didn't have it no more. Right. You know, and, and and to beat somebody 3 years ago, I mean the guy's not LeBron who he beat like true. And Michael Kidd <laughs> Gilchrist shot like we talk about LeBron doesn't have a shot. Like Michael Kidd Gilchrist does not have a shot. Like this is to give you an example, this is like Bay like shouts out to the homie Bay, but Bay cannot play a lick of basketball. Like this is he may be the worst basketball player I've ever seen in my life, and that's saying something. But like that's Michael Kidd Gilchrist shot. Like to fact the fact that he can play in the league with a shot that broke, like it's worse than Rondo. Oh wow, it's worse than Rondo. So I mean, so yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, like people just have to. We we we're gonna have to understand that you know, people have to let LeBron be in his own his own lane. Jordan is great. Jordan to me is still the greatest player to ever play in the NBA, the greatest person to ever touch a basketball. I agree with that. That that's that's my my opinion of it. But to me saying that does not take away from LeBron's greatness. I think LeBron is in his own lane. The people need to allow him to be in his lane and be great. I mean, rings, you know, people at the end of the day we, we see rings. And that's what people is basing everything on. Jordan went six for six in the finals. And LeBron is two and three, maybe two and four. You know, people to see rings. Jordan did not win them rings by himself. Like I need, like right. I, get, I get it comes down to that. But Jordan didn't beat the Blazers one on five. Like he didn't. Like he had Pippen. He had he had a squad. Yeah, he had Paxson. He had Hodges. Like he had all these different players. Especially when you talk about the last three rings. Right. You know, Ron Harper was a lot. Was a really good. I'm not gonna say lockdown, but he was a really good defender. And he was 6'6 at the guard spot. People don't even understand how good Ron Harper was before he teamed up with Jordan. Like, he was averaging 20-something points a game. Ron Harper he, used to give Jordan fits. He took a back seat to, yes. to be with the Bulls. Like, he was yes. everybody. Ron Harper was not a bum, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> he, when he was with the Cavaliers, he used to put them numbers up on Jordan head, too. Like, like for real. And, I, and, and by the time he got to Chicago, he had been through some injuries. So, he wasn't the same player. But he was still a very good player. Right. You know, you got Tony Kukoc coming off the bench. You got Rodman, you know, locking down, you know, the, some of the best power forwards in the game. And you got Pippen, who's one of, you know, who wasn't no slouch as a defender himself. And for all you six for six people, I don't see none of y'all saying Pippen is better than, than, than LeBron. He went six for six. I think he was the only teammate on the Bulls who, were, who was there for all six. Yeah, and I don't true. see y'all going... Well, Pippen better than LeBron. He went six for six. Like, that argument is crazy to me. It it holds some merit. I'm not saying it's not a meritless argument, but you can't you can't just put all your stock on, well, Jordan went six for six in the discussion. Yeah, I mean, that's true. 
I mean, at the end of the day, people going people look at rings, but I think if we just looking at individuals and take away the rings, LeBron is great in his own manner. You know, they both they both great players, and I don't think I don't think we'll ever have a conclusion to this argument because they'll never be able to be able to play each other. Like, well, this, this like I said, until our generation go away and and, and just die off, and then and when that when that happened, all the people that's under us has never seen LeBron play. LeBron's gonna be what the next person that's gonna come in the league be compared to. That's yeah. that's really for LeBron to really get his dude to Kobe stands behind because because Kobe played with this younger generation, right? That's like true. Kobe, like really Kobe is in in a lot of ways this our generation's MJ. And you know I'm I'm a huge Kobe fan. That's that's my guy. I think I, I in my opinion he's the next thing greatest great greater to you know to Jordan. And I think it's Jordan, Kobe, then LeBron. That's 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 my my top three. But I mean, I think the last three years of Kobe is is starting to tarnish his his legacy just because of the injuries, him getting hurt, his team not doing so good that he's slowly but surely falling out of this argument because he's not relevant right now. Like you know, Jordan kind of went out on top. Even people don't really pay attention to Jordan coming back playing with the Wizards. They don't even. Nah. They like. Nah. like that ain't even worth looking at. We know he tried to do that just to help out the young guys. That that's not worth looking at. But Kobe and and, and Jordan kind of knew that that he was just coming back, not in the same stand. But you no, know, Kobe still thinks I'm Kobe that I was years ago. That's his mindset. He he talks like it. He walks like it. Like so to see the way his his injuries and his seasons have went these last three years, people really don't even talk about him. You know, it, it it's not it's not even really a Kobe Lebron argument that's why it's like jordan and lebron it started off more you never really heard jordan and lebron it was a kobe and lebron thing with yeah. these last three years with the way kobe been falling off with it with the injuries and everything and the lakers just being and that's just a hurtful subject for me <laughs> just being <laughs> being where they are you know i mean who, who who knows man i think lebron i mean i think lebron i really have to almost i, I think until another player wins six rings then I think if LeBron can end his career somehow, some way with six rings, then people will give him the respect that that he already, to me, deserves. And I'm not even a LeBron fan, but I think he deserves more credit than what people give him credit for. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to touch Kobe because I, I, I spent enough time making fun of Kobe fans on Twitter. So <laughs> I'm going to leave him alone. But, I mean, to kind of end, end this point and jump to the next topic, I think you're right. Because, I mean, like, again, when you look at Wilt Chamberlain, um, he can never beat Bill Russell. You look at Jerry West, I think Jerry West only won one title but lost like eight finals, mostly to the Celtics. I mean, even you look at um, Larry Bird and 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 Magic, like they play in the finals, they dominated the 80s, and most of the time they lost to one another. Right. I mean, Magic, I think, went five and four. But you never hear people go, oh, with well, Magic, you can't hold him in the discussion for the greatest. He only, out of nine tries, he only won five. Like, the fact that you make it to the championship game is a huge accomplishment is nothing to sneeze at you know and, and, and so i'm gonna stop that i'm gonna jump real quick um because we're getting running getting out of running out of time but um real quick man this is a this is a big thing i'm big on twitter and this is a people love to do this on twitter people love to talk about well this team sucks at the expense of some other team so i'm talking about the atlanta hawks atlanta hawks had a great season had four all-stars 60 win season um, I think they went, you know, we talk about how the West is superior to the East in terms of overall strength. I think they went 34-8 and eight or some absurd record 
against the East, against the Western Conference. So they beat a lot of the top teams out of the West. Um, and yet, you know, we talked about, you said it earlier, that when the Cavaliers play defense, they really bring it. Right. Losing Kyrie, who's an average defender, losing Kevin Love, who's a terrible defender, helped them a lot defensively because that meant Shumpert got a lot more minutes. Right. Um, that meant Della Vadova, who, again, I'm not a fan of the guy, but the, when he's playing, when he's not, you know, trying to blow people's knees out, <laughs> when mm-hmm. he's playing defense, he's a good defender. Right. I mean, Jeff Teague is a fast dude, and there were times where Jeff Teague was, was going to move move Aiden work, so he went to B, and he went to C and D, and Della Vadova was still there. They made the Hawks look, which, if you look at the numbers, the Hawks are one of the most efficient teams in the league, and they made them look like the Bulls. Offensively, at t- for large stretches of of, of that four game sweep, they clamped down on. Them. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, you know, it, you kind of talked about not having a star, and I'm conflicted on that because if you look at the Pistons, and they're kind of the anomaly, and right. and all the teams that have won the title since the '80s, yeah, they didn't have a defined star. They had really good to great players, right? But there were no stars on that team. And um, I felt I thought that maybe the Hawks could be kind of that pissing squad. That's I mean I think that's one of the greatest comparisons to compare them to, just because you had just a bunch of basically your starting five with the Pistons was all just solid players. Like you know all of them had weaknesses, but together they was a strong unit. So that's kind of who the Hawks probably remind you of. Like they just have a strong core of players. I at first when that when I first seen them going on winning streaks during the year, I'm like. Where did they come from? Like, you know, are these the same Atlanta Hawks I seen like the year before? Man. Like, man, I I I thought they was gonna give Cleveland, you know, more of a run for their money in the series. I thought they would at least be able to take two, you know. But shouts out to Cleveland for that. I mean, yeah, good defense. And look, I picked. I mean, on Facebook, I picked the Hawks to win in seven. Uh, I thought that again. I thought that their efficiency on offense, their ability to make shots would will ultimately be just enough. Right. Uh, but I did not account for it. And this dude has been a beast uh, on, on the boards with Tristan Thompson. Oh, my God. And the fact that, I, you know, again, I thought Damari Carroll would, would be a, a better matchup for LeBron than he was. I haven't seen a team unable to handle LeBron like that since the 2012 Thunder. When he went to the post in the 2012 Finals, well, nothing and, you can do it. And they hadn't they had nothing for him. And I mean, they had nobody at the rim, which is what teams like the the Pacers when they were good, but Roy Hibbert and the Bulls when Joaquin Noah was healthy, you had someone at the rim who could challenge his shots. And I mean, he knew that there was no one there that could stop him from getting to the rim. Al Horford's really a four playing the five. Right. And he just he just took him apart. Um, I and, mean and and that that that's what good teams do. Good teams know how to good good teams good good coaching good players know how to eliminate the strong points of of, of their you know competition. And I feel like that's what they did. They 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 eliminated what the Hawks did well, and yeah. the Hawks didn't have no no fallback plan. Man, man. and <laughs> the thing that the two things I thought they could have done better was one, they clo- when they closed out on their three point shooters, maybe because they they figured they were going to shoot anyway, is that they just blew by them like they just ran full speed and instead of you know, when you close out on somebody, especially when you know you can, they can shoot, but they're still a threat to maybe drive past you or, or move the ball around, I feel like they could have ran hard at them to close out, but then been in position if they would have kicked the ball because that's what the, the, the Cavs did to them. Right. When they had their shooters on the floor, they would close out hard, but then they wouldn't just blow by them. And so if they kept – when the Hawks would swing the ball around, the Cavs were there defensively every time. Um, and so, yeah, so, you know, li- listen – 
Atlanta, Atlanta fans, y'all have nothing to hang your heads about. It was a great season Shout for y'all. Shout out to the Hawks, man. Y'all did yeah. y'all thing. Good yeah, year, man. man. Shout out to Build D. on it. Yeah, build, uh, build on it. I mean, I think they have like a top 15 pick because they swap right. picks with the I mean, Nets. Nobody expect, I mean, nobody expected the Hawks to be what they are this year. Exactly. So, I mean, when you ain't expected to be where you are, I know it's a disappointment that they lost, got swept, all that, but... I mean, look at the look at the silver lining, man. They 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 did their thing to even get here. Nobody nobody at the beginning of the year when this NBA season was starting could have said the Hawks was gonna be in the Easter Conference Finals. I didn't think it. I mean, I didn't I didn't think they would be a, a top. I thought they would be a top four, but I didn't think they were gonna be the best team uh, record wise in the East. So right. So yeah. So shout out to them. Shout out to Jeff Teague and all them, man. Y'all had a great season. Ain't nothing. To, Big up. Nothing to y'all, yeah, yeah. ATL. So moving on. This is the final topic, and we'll we'll close it out for tonight. We'll talk. About the Golden State Warriors, uh, they uh, they closed out the uh, Houston Rockets last night. Uh, Steph Curry, the MVP. Uh, shouts out to Riley Curry, his two-year-old daughter. I have a two-year-old son, so, you know, when I see her running around the press conference, I totally understand and empathize and sympathize with the fact that two-year-olds are going to be two-year-olds. She said, wait. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, shouts out to her. I thought that was hilarious, too, to see that the reporters who were there to cover Curry actually had their phones out filming her as she was running around the press room. So, but, um, but nah, but I digress. But, um, but yeah, you know, they close out the, the Rockets, um, a very impressive team all season long. Yep. Um, I felt bad for Mark Jackson as he sat there super, super salty. Because uh, it, it, hey, how, how do you commentate that game when that could have been you? I mean, you know, so when he got fired, he said on the Dan Patrick show, he, I mean, he was with, I mean, with full of bravado and full of Lowry's in his voice, and you know, because he was super salty that he got fired. Uh, that that if they fire me, they better make it to the finals. Like he, I mean, because the he was like, and I, I understand. I'm not saying that to diss him, because I understand why he said that. That team was garbage before he got there. They had a what I think a two fifty win seasons under him, um, and that you fire a coach in his second season after making it to the second is the furthest they've been since I think, uh, well since uh, the Baron Davis group that right. beat the Mavs in two thousand nine two thousand ten somewhere around there, so to watch to have to you know like you said to commentate this game and watch this team like. Them paychecks got to be real nice. I know he got to be mad when he go home at night. Right. I mean, I I I would hate to be in his shoes. I mean, because basically got fired for no reason. You know. Well, he got. Well, I'm not gonna say. Well, I'm not for not for no reason because you got to get along with your bosses. He yeah. didn't get a. He didn't get along with his bosses. They wanted him to move. Uh, he, he want. They wanted him to stay in the Bay Area during the week. He has a church in L.A. that he's a pastor of, and oh, so he man. didn't want to. He didn't want to relocate. Not you know. Also, you know, there was some of the Christian things rub people the wrong way because one of their owners is a homosexual. Oh. Um, that was some friction there, and just other things. There was rumors of people being spied on. It was just. It was real. It was messy. So just a, a mess. It was. You know. It was just a mess, and so it just. But when, when I say when I say no reason, I mean he was doing his job. Is what I mean. Like he yeah. he 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 was a good coach, and he 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 took them. Further than they have been, like all the stuff you just said, like this guy was a good coach. He did good with the stuff that had to do with basketball. Yeah. And it's like you get fired, then you have to sit there and watch your replacement. Shout out to Steve Kerr, though, man. Shout out hey. for, for you turning down that Knicks job to go to, to go here. Like good choice, bro. bro. But to sit there and watch that, man. I mean, 
I would never want to be that guy. Like, I, I feel sorry for him. Like, I'm, I'm praying for you, Pastor Jackson. <laughs> I'm praying for you, man, because... It, it, somewhere in your heart, there's some revenge, just some bitterness. There's some hate. There's some hate. Like, there's all hate, those yeah. emotions right there that you got to deal with. Like, I I, I'm been... praying for your wife. Like, she, <laughs> she probably the one that got to hear this when you get home at night. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm right there. Because I would have been mad. I would have Oh, just, my God. Hey, I would have walked. They would have been like, where did, where did, where did Carlos go? Uh, I don't know. They would have been making excuses for me because I just would have walked out the court. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. But, yeah, but. But you know, also I want to shout out the MVP, uh, Steph Curry. I have dude's amazing. I don't. I, I I say this. This is probably the greatest shooter I've, and I've. This is I'm not prone to hyperbole. I've never seen anyone like this. Never. Never. And what separates him from Ray, from uh, Reggie, Reggie Bird, Bird from you know Dale Ellis, Dale Curry, his father. Chuck Person, some of these great shooters of all time is that the dude can get his shot off the dribble. Like, to see him, and it, and it's crazy. Effortless, man. To see him shoot, like, I've never had, now again, as a Jordan fan, I've never had the expectation that every time Jordan takes a jumper, that it was money. Right. The closest I got was his fadeaway game got to be so good. It was, you could almost count that as a, as a bucket. Right. But with Steph, every time he's shooting jumpers, and this dude is taking jumpers from like three feet back, and he's shooting, I'm like, that's money. You just feel like every time he let a shot go that it's going in. Like, I, you, he's one of the only people that you're surprised when he misses. Like, it's that, it's that sweet of a jumper, man. Yeah. 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 So, shout out to him. Shout out to the Splash Brothers. Um, Shout out to Harden for all those turnovers, man. Good uh, job, good job, bro. That's, uh, that's another story, though. You no, know, you know we gonna we gonna hit them real quick. You know, again, social media likes to give a lot of hate. James Harden was incredible for the majority of that series. Oh, absolutely, he was incredible for the majority of that series. He had a bad closeout game. It's just um, a bad game at the wrong time, you know. That's that, and it happens. You're gonna have a bad. Yeah. In the seven game series, you're gonna have a bad. I mean, he's been incredible the whole playoffs. Yeah. I mean, running her up for the MVP, you don't you don't get that without you know. Being and a I would have voted him. I would have voted him over Steph, you just know, because but, I feel like he did. He did. He did more or less. He did more more or less because Dwight was out the most most of the most of the season. They had other injuries to their point guard and big men and stuff like that. I and mean, so, it's just it's just a sad thing that you know in big games is where. Your, your stardom is people is looking for you to show up the most. Yeah. Like, in that game where you were in the elimination game, people are looking for you to have a game like you had in game, in what, what was it, game five, game four? Game four, when yeah. Game four, when people people looking for you to have a game like that again because it's your, your, your season's on the line. And yeah. chips didn't fall in place, man. It don't take nothing away from Harden's greatness. You know, he I can't get on him about all the flopping. I mean, the whole league flops now, so it ain't just him. Hey, but shout out to him. He worked yeah. the system. Right. Yeah, the system going to give you calls on that, use it. That's what, good, that's what good players do, man. Yeah. And, you know, last thing for the Rockets, man, I need y'all to ease up on Dwight. Like, like I really need y'all. If you're a Laker fan, I understand why you don't like Dwight. If you're a Magic fan, I understand why you don't like Dwight. The rest of y'all, I don't get it. I don't understand why y'all hate the dude. The dude balled out. I mean, the first half of that, of that game, he was, if you came in the paint, it was getting thrown back the other way. He was respect, getting rebounds. I respect Dwight as a defensive player. He like like Dwight r- reminds me of what what's his name Ben Ben Wallace for the Pistons. No, like no, I mean like he's no. a defensive he's a defensive presence, but his post game is horrible. Look. I mean, he wants the ball. He wants you to throw it to him when he wants these touches. 
But I'm like, for what? Like, you're not going to do anything with it, Dwight. Like, Look. your catcher, I mean, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Lakers fan. Get, let's get that out there. I'm not saying this because I'm a Lakers fan. Like, I'm kind of glad he's not there. But his offensive game needs needs to be developed. He needs What he needs to do, Hakeem Olajuwon, get, call Dwight up this summer, Get get some bread, charge him whatever you want to charge him, so he can work on his post game. He's That's what worked, he needs. He's worked with Hakeem when he first got. It don't up. look like it. Man, again, <laughs> again, the game has gone away from the big man. So That's true. But Dwight, he, I mean, he's. I've seen Rockets fans on Twitter criticize Dwight for not showing up or not being effective the game after he went twenty and twenty. I mean, it's just like. Dwight, he's not going to be that guy he was when he was in his prime when he was doing the Superman thing in Orlando. He was averaging like twenty and fourteen and twenty twenty six and fourteen and fifteen rebounds. Like he's not that guy anymore because he's he's gotten injured. He's got the back injuries. He's got the knee knee problems. Like and it, and he got hurt doing that series. Right. But I mean the dude balled. I mean honestly at points he was the best player on the floor because every time when Harden was struggling. So I mean man, I need y'all to ease up again, Magic fans. Laker fans, I get it. Let, let, everybody, just lower, lower your expectations from Dwight. Let, ah. let, let's do that. And we lower our expectations. Maybe our expectations is for, because everybody tries to make it like he's the best big man in the league. So when you when you give somebody that that type of title, it causes for expectation that he no longer can live up to. So, Dwight, shout out, man. I'm going to lower my expectations for you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to bring you up from bum offensive status to you're just a solid player. And we'll leave it at that. I mean, offensively, he's solid. He's solid. You know. and, and he he showed he, – and last night he shows he still he still had those flashes of being a great defensive player. Oh, yeah. I give him that, all, all props on defense. I'm, I'm glad you're out of L.A., man. Shout out to Kobe. <laughs> all right. So, we're going to close out on this uh, pr- predictions. We're going to get him out on 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 the air. Um, what do you, Who you got? Cavs, Warriors. I got the Warriors, man. How many I got, games? I, I got the Warriors in six. Why? I just think that I don't. I don't think that 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 Cleveland can run with these guys. Like when the Warriors, Cleveland's a great defensive team, but you know when you try to run with the Warriors, it just, it just doesn't turn out right. Now LeBron, they can they can do a lot defensively. You can LeBron can guard almost anybody on the floor. You can put him on Curry, maybe give him some matchup problems with somebody that he got to shoot over. I, I, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Warriors, I man. I think that Iguodala can match up well with um LeBron when he comes off the bench. Like I think his length can give LeBron can make it harder for LeBron. I ain't no stopping LeBron, but yeah, just make it harder for him. I just I just think at the end of the day that even from a coaching standpoint they'll get out coach, you know. And then only 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 thing that makes me wonder is and you don't even really have that problem with Steph and and, and um Stephen Thompson is that. Usually when you live by the jumper, you die by it at some point. But they've been living by it all season, so I think we're going to live by six more games. Man. I almost almost don't want to give a prediction because I really don't. Like, I've been, knowing we were doing the show tonight, I've been struggling all day. I've gone from Cavs in six to Warriors in seven. This is, these two things have been in my It's hard. I can easily see the Cavs winning it, like. Making that prediction is not an easy one because the Cavs can very well, they they can take it, take it in five if they if they know the right thing to do and they do the right thing. It's just uh, okay. I so roll, I can't roll with you, LeBron. I'm sorry. Like I'm a, I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm a I'm gonna go Warriors in seven. Okay. I'm gonna go Warriors in seven, and here's why: because I don't want Cavs fans to win the title. Cavs fans on Twitter have annoyed me. 
have have gotten on my nerves it, in this postseason. Look, man, it, it's not even the Cavs fans that ignore me. Like, if you've been rocking with the Cavs from whenever you've been rocking with them, shout out to you. Nah, no it, shouts out to you. It's it's these ones that were screaming Heat Nation last year, <laughs> and now it's Calf Nation that annoy me. Like those people, I I I, I got a homie. Shout out to my homie Fidel that was Heat. Jersey out last year. <laughs> heat hats, heat jerseys, all of it was Heat Nation. My homegirl Tiffany, shout out to Tiffany. She was all Heat. Now they got nothing but Cav gear. I guess they put their Heat gear on Craigslist or something because <laughs> all they got is Cav gear now, and now it's Cav Nation. Those are the Cav fans I can't stand, and I'm too much of a Kobe fan to ever go for you, LeBron. I'm sorry. You're a great player. Warriors, let's get it. At least somebody in Cali can win us a championship. So... So that well, that's not the only reason. I do think, I do think, I do think the Warriors have, like you said, they've. I mean, both teams shoot a lot of threes, but I think that the the thing that to me that gives the Warriors the edge is that they're going to get at some point. Harrison Barnes in each of these series has been good for a twenty point game. Draymond Green has been good for about fifteen to seventeen, and even when Draymond is only putting up you know eleven points, he's getting eight rebounds, right? A couple of steals five or six assists. I think they have enough pieces. Better all-around team. Yeah, that when Curry, I mean, Curry is still going to get 30. You know what I'm saying? Like That's the thing. Like, these guys are having these type of games, and Curry is still putting up 25, 30 points. Uh, I mean, Clay hasn't had a great playoffs. I mean, he kind of caught fire a little bit before he got hurt um, in game five, but I think it's that. Now, on the flip side, now here's the here's the thing I've been arguing with myself about, is I'm not, even though the the Warriors have size, Tristan Thompson has been unbelievable on the offensive boards. He's been unbelievable. I mean, if you go back and watch just from the Bulls series, they were putting Joe King, they were putting Taj Gibson and like a guard, like when shots would go up, they would go and, and surround him to try to keep him from off the boards, and they were still struggling to do it. So will will the Warriors be able to keep them off the boards? Because the, the Heat, uh, the Heat, I'm sorry, the Rockets in game five yesterday got a lot of offensive boards. You know, so can they keep them off the boards? And I think the fact that Shumpert is a really good defender, Jr. is a really good defender, and I think if they put Shumpert on on uh, on Curry, I think that could cause some trouble because he's a really athletic guy who's going to be able to get off of those picks and those screens. And he's a little long. He's I long, mean, yeah. I just I just think Gold State got a team that that's never out of the game, no matter what the score looks like, because they can score and shoot so quickly that they they like they right. never out of the game. I went so I forget I think it was game one against the the Rockets. The Rockets were up by 15, 17 points. Right. I went upstairs. I had to change my son's diaper. I went upstairs, changed his diaper. We I you know play with him a little bit. I came back downstairs and they the rock uh, the Rockets had lost the lead. And this was like in the span it was like ten minutes. Yeah. So it had to be like maybe five minutes of game time. And I'm like, wait, what happened? That's how quick they they can score, man. So I think it's gonna be a good series, man. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm a huge basketball fan, and I think for me, either well, definitely NBA is happy because if Atlanta would have gotten it, the ratings would have been terrible. But uh, to me, I wanted to see Cavs versus well Bulls, honestly, but Cavs versus either the Clippers or or the Warriors. So I'm pretty happy with this matchup. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be close. Like I don't see either team uh, really pulling away from the other one. So. Um, that's the show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, see, I tried, I was trying to do this show in under an hour and it's impossible. It is impossible to do this, to do a show under an hour. So 
I'm going to experiment with probably cutting it up. Um, I'm about to get really all the way official with it. About to get a, you know, a theme song, get this thing on iTunes so people can subscribe. But if you want to listen to the show, soundcloud.com slash A1LP. That's all letters, A-O-N-E-T-H-E-L-P. You can follow me on Twitter, same thing, backslash A1LP, facebook.com backslash A1LP. Reese, where can they find you again? Oh, man, get at me, Reese Nichols, man. That's like the coin. You spell like the coin with a Z at the end. Reese Nichols on deck, man. That's on Twitter at Reese Nichols, Instagram at Reese Nichols, Facebook. You can find me underneath on um, Reese Nichols, AmpRecords.net. You can you can go there, man. We got some free music for you. Keep a lookout for my homie Majesty, man. Mixtapes drops June fourth. Why stop now? Get amp with us, y'all. Yeah, so until until next time, man. It's I, I don't have my homie A with me. Appreciate so you having me on, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We Shout have to out do to it A-War. again. Yeah, we we, we so I've been promising this for a minute, but we are going to have a barbershop edition. I'm gonna get a bunch of my homies. Uh, we're gonna sit around. We're gonna discuss football, basketball, whatever comes to mind. We're gonna do a barbershop style. We're gonna have some a bunch of crazy opinions. So that's coming pretty soon. Um, also, I'm gonna try to get the periscope doing going. I wanted to do that tonight, but it didn't work. But we're going to do that. So if you got Periscope, it just hit Android. So, you know, uh, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. But, you know, hit us up on Periscope, too, once we get that going. So until next time, it's the black and the white thing. We holler at y'all, man. Holler.